0: Atlassian.
1: What's up everybody, Anthony Cazenza here with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast coming at you Tuesday afternoon, maybe cusp of morning for some, but happy to be coming at you with a lot of different news regarding the Cincinnati Bengals, the AFC North, and the rest of the NFL, as we usually do every week here, just to kind of get you caught up on all things going on around the league. Obviously, we're just over a week away from uh, a big week on the NFL calendar and a big week for teams as they get set to improve their rosters with a slew of very talented young rookies. And we're really curious to see what the Bengals do with their picks and their early picks in particular this year, because I feel like the last few years we kind of knew the positions and or the players in which they were really going to go for, you know, in 2020, it was going to be Burrow. Maybe a Justin Herbert in there, but it was likely going to be Joe Burrow. They were going to get the wide receiver. They were going to do a, you know a bunch of different things. You know they got the linebackers as well. We knew that, and then of course in 21 we figured it was going to come down to Penae Sewell and Jamar Chase. They did that, and this year it's got a little bit of a you know because they've done some work in in free agency and whatnot. It's a little bit of a and they're back in the in the first round. It's a little bit of a mystery, I guess, in some ways, where the Bengals may take an, another offensive lineman. They may go edge rusher. They may go cornerback. Who knows? They may do something that surprises us all in a lot of different respects. So a lot of different options from talented players and ways they can definitely improve their roster. Again, I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com, and this is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. If you're new here, welcome. And feel free to click that icon at the bottom of the screen there to subscribe to our youtube channel click the bell to be notified when we go live when new content is available we do multiple videos per week even in the off season we're doing multiple videos per week so hopefully you're enjoying what we are bringing you and we appreciate all the support you've shown us and of course you can get all the podcasts on the Cincy jungle channel through your favorite audio streamer, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all of the major ones. We are there. And subscribe, leave us a review. We appreciate all of the feedback. We're going to get to it here. Let's get to just, uh, we're going to try and get this a little quicker than we usually do, get through it a little quicker than we usually do, but we'll see how we do here. Most of these are going to be on cincyjungle.com, but regardless, I'm going to. We gotta self serve, right? We gotta we gotta get the clicks on the uh, on the website. Regardless, I'm gonna get the I'll pin the links and all that kind of stuff for you here. Here is an article: the latest general manager power poll has Duke Tobin in the top ten, which is somewhat ironic because he doesn't even hold a true general manager title in his professional <laughs> job uh, here. But at any rate. Here is the the link in the live chats for you there on CincyJungle.com, and this is written up as of this morning by my partner, John Sheeran, my podcast partner. Here here you go. And this, by the way, was from NFL.com analyst Greg Rosenthal. Uh, he came in at eighth, did Tobin on the list? Signing middle class free agents and drafting college brand names from big po- programs is a strategy that is working well for Tobin. He has to take some grief for failing to solve an offensive line problem that precedes Zach Taylor, but this is the second Super Bowl caliber roster Tobin has put together. Check out that 2015 Bengals squad before Andy Dalton's injury. Good point there. Surprised they gave some applause to that to that roster there um so and we'll talk more about that by the way in just a second talking about who preceded zach taylor in an interesting podcast appearance from him being marvin lewis we'll talk about that in just a little bit but duke tobin getting some much uh i don't know much deserved love i guess there from greg rosenthal on nfl.com coming in number eight on the top GMs in the NFL, and of course, not even really having the GM true title to his name still coming in eighth, and so anyway, interesting. Now, more here. Troy Walters, Bengals wide receivers coach, has some big, big praise for T. Higgins, a guy who took a very nice leap last year with a Fully healthy Joe Burrow and a full season from Joe Burrow was a big, big part of the offense's success. Coach Troy Walters, Bengals wide receiver coach Troy Walters compares T Higgins progression to Reggie Wayne. That is a very good football player to be compared to. Of course, Reggie Wayne was with the Indianapolis Colts and got a lot of his statistics with Peyton Manning, but you can see here. Walter's spent time with the Colts as a player being with Reggie Wayne and Peyton Manning. So you can see here, here's the quote. And I think this was on bangles.com you know, from via Jeff Hobson here, but I will pin the Cincy jungle link there and also go check out the main source of it as well. I believe, which is, as I said, on bangles.com. Here's the the article here in the quote. By the end of his second season, he was clearly the number two receiver behind Marv, meaning Marvin Harrison, Walter said of Wayne. He was still a little raw as a route runner and he needed to work on some of his technique. But in year two, he had a great year. And ever since then, his career ascended and every year he got better. And I see T, as in Higgins, as the same type. One year, a learning experience, get better in year two and the sky's the limit. I'm going to stay on him to get better each year. So now he's one of the elite receivers in the league if you joined us around Super Bowl time and you saw some of the clips that I played for some of you and in terms of uh, some questions I had asked some coaches and whatnot uh, around that time in a virtual press conference to kick off Super Bowl week I asked Zach Taylor about some of the new coaches he brought in this year Troy Walters Frank Pollock Marion Hobby etc and you know he he credited them with a a good amount of success as to why the Bengals made the super bowl and troy walters being in that group so this i definitely go check out that clip it's on our instagram page it's on past podcast episodes and whatnot but uh you can see zach taylor thinks very highly of some of these assistant coaches he has recently brought in and so you can see here walters also thinks very highly as we all do of t higgins so good praise there from the wide receivers coach to T Higgins and some big shoes to fill, I guess, if we're going to be comparing him to Reggie Wayne, but T Higgins had a very nice year last year, even missing a couple of games with injury. Uh, You see, you've seen him in the sling at some of these events after the season here. So he's, you know, there's probably a procedure or something done there, but uh, you can see here there's, they're thinking in year three, it's going to be a big year for T Higgins here. Um, let's, where we want to go next here. Let's go here. We'll, we'll, a lot of people know about this one so far already, but this is about the Bengals indoor practice facility. The temporary facility has been approved by the city. This was as of a few days ago, I believe it was, uh, going into the weekend here. And this is, you can see here, uh, Ben baby relaying some of the news here. The vote passed with unanimous approval and was also given a who day. Uh, the Bengals will still need approval from Cincinnati city council in order to construct the interim practice bubble. Um, but the Bengals cleared any potential zoning hurdles today. That is from Ben baby on Twitter. Go follow him at Ben underscore baby. Uh, but this was as right before the holiday weekend here. And this, um, so the Bengals did get uh uh, approval from the Cincinnati city planning commission. If you're wondering what the difference was there, but they are going to be getting their, their practice facility and they're going to do an interim one. And then uh, probably some longer term plans for a more official one down the road, but they are making some nice headway on this, a point of contention from longtime fans. And that's something that you like to see there. So kudos to the Bengals and getting some work done. We knew that this was kind of, we've been talking about this for about a week and a half now since you know, the Bengals have been doing, they've kind of announced some of that stuff. Katie Blackburn talked about some of that stuff at the owner's meetings. But uh, so anyway, they're making headway and making it pretty quickly here. So we'll see what happens. But it sounds like the city is on board. At least the planning commission is on board there for zoning. And then of course, they'll need to go through city council council to get uh, final approval and whatnot. All right, keeping it rolling. We're going to go, we're going to transition to the draft and and some other thing. We're going to go a little bit, I don't want to say rapid fire, but we're going to go through these kind of quickly. We've got some visits and players and whatnot to potentially. We, we've got to go over some of these visits and whatnot, but you also probably want to get a, at least a little bit familiar with these guys because this these when the Bengals do these kinds of visits and workouts and that sort of thing, they usually these are things. It's a tool they use for late round draft picks, undrafted free agent draft picks, that sort of thing. So you may want to get accustomed. To some of these names, Nick Muse from South Carolina, a tight end, is a guy that they are taking a look at here. And you can see here, this is from Jordan Schultz. Uh, he has a top thirty visit with the Bengals, um, and that that is scheduled. Um, gosh, when was the fourteenth? I guess that would be coming up here this week. But six five, two fifty eight, recorded a four two one shuttle and twenty seven bench reps. Um, he has a brother who's a linebacker for the seahawks and you can see here um caught 20 passes for 222 yards and two touchdowns this past season back in 2020 he had 30 catches for 425 yards and a touchdown there but i mean you look at that and you go well, where's the production where's i mean you, you can go back go back and look at cj uzama's profile coming out of auburn in college didn't have a tight end position coach at auburn if i remember correctly there's a lot of uh you know raw ability there and this may be the case here with nick muse but a guy a tight end that the Bengals are looking at and the Bengals are if you notice there's there's a bit more tight ends in which they are showing interest because of the loss of uzama to the jets and other factors so get used to that position being linked to the Bengals in some capacity here even with the hayden hurst acquisition they're going to still do their due diligence at that position all right Let's go to the next here, Arizona State cornerback, Jack Jones. um, Projected to be a guy picked sometime in the final day of the draft. A Pac-12 guy. uh, and You you can see here, devilsdigest.com on Twitter has a a pick six there. But um, he actually started at USC and moved to Pac-12 rival Arizona State. And Arizona State, as you know, kind of has the all-star former NFL cast. It's got Herm Edwards and Marvin Lewis and uh, the the former Giants linebacker, Antonio Pierce, I believe, was on that coaching staff as well. So they've got all kinds of ex-NFL players and coaches at Arizona State. But you can see here he played 11 games last season for the Sun Devils, 41 tackles, three interceptions, three forced fumbles, and scored a touchdown. So this is a guy maybe, you know, in that spot, Maybe if the Bengals don't get a cornerback earlier than they would like, maybe this is kind of where that Josh Shaw kind of pick in the fourth round that they did a couple of years ago. Maybe that's where they look here. Um, Obviously Shaw had some different situations going on with his, uh, (laughs) with his background going into that draft, but we won't go into that. But anyway, again, interesting player here, Jack Jones, the Arizona state cornerback and the Bengals are bringing him in for a pre-draft visit per reports here. And I will pin this article in the live chat. I've kind of been a little inconsistent with that so far. I apologize, but trying to get to a lot and making sure that we get to it in an expedient matter manner today. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with that one. Now Bengals are also looking at, I believe this one is an edge rusher uh, from Missouri state. And he, the Bengals aren't the only team in the division looking at Eric Johnson of Missouri State. And you can see here uh Aaron Wilson, a guy who has who has long had a good pulse on the AFC North. Uh he's set to meet with pretty much every team in the AFC North not named the Cleveland Browns. The Bengals, Ravens and Steelers uh all have interest with him and uh he got second team uh Missouri Valley uh I believe it was honors. Anyway, uh, starting 10 games for the for the, the Bears this last year, 27 tackles, six tackles for a loss and one and a half sacks, Six four three hundred, 300, kind of one of those um, guys that, you know, could be some sort of a movable piece along the line. Um, So we'll see exactly what happens there. And you can see Bleacher Report writing Johnson is a stellar athlete for 300 pounds. And if you look at him there, he doesn't look like a guy who's your normal 300 pound defensive lineman. Looks like he's got a lot of size to him. So we'll see, Uh, you know, again, another guy that's a day three selection, maybe one of those guys who falls through the cracks becomes an undrafted guy and the Bengals pounce just because he's a project guy. And, you know, you got to see what you can do with someone at the, with that particular size. But uh, again, a, a player that the AFC North seems to be very enamored with in one way or another. So we'll see what happens there, but uh, they are doing their due diligence. And then the Cincinnati Bengals are really, really liking the Houston university, of Houston defensive line, Uh, Lineman here there are a couple of visits that they have one that is a really popular name I believe we picked him in our last mock on the podcast Logan Hall we moved back and picked him I believe Um, a guy who could come in and help the Bengals defensive line from a number of different standpoints and he's one of the better interior defensive line prospects in the class you can see here Logan Hall interior defensive lineman Josh Norris talked about how that he was visiting the Bengals as of a, a few days ago. Um he could be a guy they'd look at for number 31. Maybe he falls into the second round depending on, you know, who you believe there probably not though because this is becoming a, a more and more of a valued position. He's only going to be 22 years old. He's pretty young. He's 6'6, 283. Um so, you know, he might be they're saying some guy some people may say he's an outside guy, but I think they're just one of those guys that he's going to play inside and, you know, you can see here the pro fo- football focus grades 85.6 and 83.4 over the past couple of years, um be, you know, he would be a guy on in the interior pass rush rotation and 3 tech type of guy. Um and so uh you know, there there's a couple of different roles you could see here that he could play, but a guy that has been long linked to the Bengals, and they are bringing him in for a visit. Logan Hall, University of Houston defensive lineman. Now, let's go to a teammate, a linemate of Hall, with uh, David Anini. I hope I'm saying that right. And um, Anini, A N E N I H. I'm probably not pronouncing that correctly, and I apologize. But Another guy that they think could go on their defensive line and help things there. You can see here uh, he had 20 and a half, looks like 20 and a half sacks at Houston, um, but he did have those across five seasons. So uh, 6'3", 250, a guy that, you know, 10 tackles for loss and five sacks in 14 games last year, 30 tackles and two passes defended to go with that. So a guy that, you know, again, could could be just a, a bolster along the line, especially with some pass rush help and whatnot. Um, David Animi, I hope I'm saying that right. I probably am not, and I apologize. But, again, interesting situation in terms of the edge rusher group and pass rush group in general with the Bengals because you've got two picks from last year's class coming off of injuries in Joseph Osai and Wyatt Hubert. You got Cam Sample who played sparingly last year. You also have Khalid Kareem who made one of the plays of the year last year, but still very limited snaps and a guy who moves in different spots along that line there. So they've got a lot of different things to figure out on the defensive line. They are doing their due diligence there and two defensive linemen from the University of Houston um, are – Visiting with the Cincinnati Bengals there, so they're they're doing a lot of due diligence on their defensive line. We're going to keep it rolling with a few more pieces of Bengals news, some information on the AFC North, and then of course we'll get into some NFL news, and then we will hop on out of here. I'm Anthony Kazenza with CincyJungle.com, and this is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals Podcast. Happy to have you with us, whether you're joining us live or after the fact. Appreciate the support that you have shown this program. Uh, either if it's your first time tuning in or if you've been a long-time listener we appreciate you regardless we're catching you up this is the happening headline show where we catch you up with all kinds of different news stories and whatnot with the cincinnati Bengals, what's going on around the afc north and much more support for this show comes from atlassian
0: atlassian software like jira confluence and loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, at Atlassian.com That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N dot com. Atlassian.
1: So let's keep it rolling here. This is from our friend Chris Rowling over at Bengals Wire. And this is kind of a through a team announcement here. I pinned this live in the chats here. And this is the local Pro Day Prospects working out for the Bengals. A lot of different players from local colleges, universities, etc. cetera. And so you can see here, this is from Jay Morrison. Let's, you can see here, the University of Cincinnati. You see Darian uh, Darian Beavers, Curtis Brooks, Marcus Brown, um, Vincent McConnell, Alec Pierce, a guy who's very interesting in a lot of different respects. Michael Young. And by the way, you got to go follow Jay Morrison. One of the best Bengals beat guys out there. One of the most entertaining. Twitter accounts at J Morrison ATH on Twitter. Miami of Ohio University, Cedric Boswell, Mike Brown, Ben Kimpler, Dion Robinson, Jack Sorensen, Sterling Weatherford, Ohio State, the Ohio State, Haskell Garrett, Antoine Jackson. Haskell Garrett's been a guy that's been linked a little bit from some mocks to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, cornerback, Demario McCall, tight end, Jeremy Ruckert, another guy who's been talked about a little bit, and uh, halfback, Master Teague, and then locals, some. Uh, some local other prospects, um, you know, from Indiana State, uh, West Virginia, Michigan State, whatnot, that are uh, also local high school. They went, they attended high school locally. So, Bengals put that—that uh, that is, I, I believe, occurring today. The local player workout. So, these are the uh, the names here, and thank you to Chris Rowling and, of course, Jay Morrison for relaying all of those names there. Uh, a lot of familiar names for those of you in the Ohio area, the greater Cincinnati area from high schools <laughs> locally and colleges. So a lot of familiar names there. Okay. Let's keep it rolling to, with a couple of other beat writers who are great friends of the program. They've been on the program here and we can't thank them enough for that. Ben baby. I mentioned his name earlier. Uh, some quotes from Brian Callahan a little bit earlier today, Brian. Uh Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan on Jackson Carmen's offseason so far, quote, he's been doing the right things. He's been taking care of himself the way he's supposed to. I'm hoping for a really nice jump from his first year into his second year. Here's the thing. Usually it's that third year, that magical third year for one of these developmental players to kind of really take that big leap. Here's the thing with Jackson Carmen, one of the youngest players on the team last year. He was, I believe, 21 years old when the Bengals drafted him coming off of a back surgery a back procedure and uh you know i I think it was kind of known that frank pollock wanted him to shed some weight hoping that all of those issues now kind of like the whole deal with what we've talked about with joe burrow having this first true full offseason where it's not covid and he's not hurt and recovering from an injury that sort of thing these other things that are that kind of held jackson carmen back a little bit last year you know maybe that is something that uh, could, could work for him. And then of course, there's been some rumblings uh, that, you know, there we'll see exactly where Carmen and Deontay Smith fit in, in terms of position and time and rotation along the offensive line. That's probably also going to be dependent a little bit upon who they draft coming up here in uh, just over a week. So, but Callahan is uh, pleased with Jackson Carmen uh, and, and that's, that kind of echoes what Frank Pollock said not too long ago as well in terms of the development there, but a guy, second round pick last year. They're going to need him. If he's going to be a long-term answer along the offensive line, they're going to need him to step up. I mean, the Bengals made three significant investments on the offensive line in free agency, uh, you know, not saying, Hey, you know, not just giving something to Jackson Carmen here. So they're going to want him to work for it. And It looks like he is doing and saying the right things here heading into his second season. So that is promising. And again, go follow Ben baby at Ben underscore baby on Twitter. I'm not going to play the video clip, but I will share the tweet. itself. off another great Bengals cover man here. Mike Petralia at Trags, T-R-A-G-S. Uh, had an interview here with Zach Taylor. Quote, obviously we're looking for talent. That's the easiest way to win a championship is with a lot of talent. Zach Taylor on the Bengals 22 draft. Uh, a little bit of a, an obvious quote there, but pulled from a minute clip on the video. So go follow at Trags, T-R-A-G-S, Mike Petralia on Twitter to get the full clip and some more information on that. But Zach Taylor talking about the draft and some things they may or may not do next week in the draft. That being said, this is just, uh, I I, I want to play this. Uh, I'm not going to play it actually, but I'm going to promote the podcast because I thought it was something, and this is courtesy of at Bengals Talk a great kind of conduit of Bengals information to the fan base and whatnot. But Marvin Lewis sat down with Robert Mays of the athletics kind of more national football show there and talking about what things were created in his time with the Bengals in terms of synergy with the ownership vision front office coaching staffs draft process, all of that kind of stuff. and there's some interesting tidbits there. There's some stuff where Marvin Lewis really talked about how he thought David Pollock, their first round pick in 05 was going to be you know kind of that guy. It's funny, I always talk about how Marvin Lewis never found that that tweener pass rusher outside linebacker type that he seemed to always have plenty of. Uh, I mean Peter Bulware with the with the Ravens kind of a, almost a hall of famous type of career in some regards, you know, that Marvin always kind of looked for that guy with the Bengals, even though they ran a more traditional four, three system in his time there. And he talked about David Pollock and others uh, as to, you know, what could have been and really interesting conversation here. So go check out the athletic football show podcast there with Marvin Lewis and some of the quotes there. Uh, it's always a, a really intriguing and eye-opening conversation when you hear some things from Marvin. It's uh it really kind of takes you down memory lane a little bit. All right. We're going to go and transition now into the AFC North, get some NFL news on tap. And then we are going to pop on out of here, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this is on Steelers.com from Teresa Varley. David Corley has been announced as the team's new assistant quarterbacks coach. He was. He spent last year with the University of Richmond as their running backs coach. Um, he spent time with the team working with the quarterbacks as part of the Bill Walsh Minority Coaching Fellowship, and also um, worked with the Panthers in 21 and 23, Houston Texans in 2019 through the fellowship. Um, so he's got a lot of a, a lot of different levels of coaching. So David Corley, now the assistant quarterbacks coach and a what a year to take the reins of that group. No Ben Roethlisberger. You now have Mitchell Trubisky. Um, you know, so a lot of different things happening here. But the Steelers are in transition at quarterback, and David Corley is now going to be helping to ease that trans uh, that transition there. Okay, now Baltimore beat down – I'm sorry, behind the steel curtain, rather. This is the Pittsburgh – Steelers SB nation site. We're going to pin this here. This is just, we like, you know, if you follow our Wednesday show, we've been doing some remember when's taking some strolls down memory lane and whatnot. This is just a, you know, some, some players who are top five undrafted free agent players for the Steelers. Um, You can see here, you got Boswell, their kicker, who's their current kicker. You've got, uh, was this, yeah, Villanueva, who was a good left tackle for them for a couple of years. And then uh, fast, Willie Parker, Uh, Ramon Foster. And of course the top is the guy who spent one season with the Cincinnati Bengals in 2013. James Harrison is their top guy. So interesting stuff. You can learn more about those, those players, what they achieved and uh, how they became such villains in the eyes of, of Bengals fans and whatnot. So uh, interesting article there on behind the steel curtain. Okay. Cleveland Browns, they made a couple of personnel moves here on defense. They signed Sheldon Day, a defensive tackle, and defensive end Steven Weatherly. They do make some other uh, roster moves, including exclusive right tenders with Jamarcus Bradley, a wide receiver, and guard Michael Dunn. Sheldon Day was a fourth-round pick from Jacksonville a handful of years ago in 2016. He's played in 67 career games, has seven career sacks. And then, of course, uh, Weatherly was a seventh-round pick from the Vikings that same year in 2016, so they're making some moves there, and then you can see here a couple of other uh, undrafted free agents from 2020. They've got their um, ERFA tender signed, so Browns made a couple of moves there, and then they have reportedly signed a big, big deal with their star cornerback, a guy who has been a real thorn in the Bengals' side from a, from their offense's perspective, Denzel Ward. And this is on Dogs by Nature, the Cleveland Browns SB Nation site there. So I will pin that for folks there. Five-year deal reportedly worth $100.5 million for Cleveland's Pro Bowl cornerback. This is via Adam Schefter, uh, CAA Sports Confirmed the deal to ESPN. Again, five-year, $100.5 million contract extension. $71.25 million guaranteed at 24 years old. He's the highest-paid corner ever in the NFL. Wow. Between the guaranteed money that went to Deshaun Watson to join the Cleveland Browns and now $71.25 million guaranteed of a $100.5 million contract. Whoa. Ward is a very good player. Very good player, and I believe it was the last year when the Bengals uh, got got kind of stomped a little bit at home by the Browns. Uh, you know, the Bengals drove down that at the beginning of the game, drove all the way down and then burrowed through that pick six, and the game just got way out of hand from that point. Um, Ward has just been a, a very good player for them. I, you know, I guess you could say it is deserved because he deserves a, a big payday, but that is a wow contract. So hundred over a hundred million dollars in total and 71.25 million guaranteed for Denzel Ward reportedly on a contract extension with the Cleveland Browns. All right. Baltimore Ravens. And then we're going to go from a, go to a um, NFL perspective, kind of keep moving back the Ravens on Baltimore Ravens.com. They have released receiver miles Boykin and signed uh, for other ERFAs, exclusive right free agents, um, Boykin was a third-round pick just a few years ago out of Notre Dame. uh Big size, and you know he's got good speed. For some reason, you know, three in three seasons, thirty-three catches, four hundred seventy yards, and seven touchdowns. They they saved two and a half million in salary cap space. You know, they also it says they also reportedly attempted to trade him. Man. There was, the Ravens keep getting these big receivers. They draft receivers high. They draft them usually in the first couple of, of rounds, and they just, they, they're they not getting what they need out of some of these players. And a lot of them have speedy, you know, uh, they, they try and draft guys with speed, but they have catching. You can go to Paraman. Torrey Smith years ago was a guy who was pretty good, but not outstanding. Um, you know, you've got Boykin here. They just, they, they they haven't been able to find that stud. I mean, they've got a couple of players that they've been able to bring in that helped them out. Michael Crabtree a few years ago and whatnot, but they did get Steve Smith who put it, but you know, again, not a guy that they've drafted and developed. So, um, you know, it's a guy that they had high hopes for, and they, um, they, they released him to save two and a half million dollars in cap space. And then of course they signed for exclusive rights, free agents, uh, quarterback Tyler Huntley, who you know had some impressive starts last year, center Tristan Colon, linebacker Christian, uh, Christian Welch, and long, long snapper Nick Moore under contract there. So four other ERFAs, but Miles Boykin no longer with the Baltimore Ravens. I would assume the Ravens are going to go receiver and cornerback early and often probably in the in the NFL draft here in a couple of weeks. So uh, keep an eye on that. They're really probably trying to retool both of those position groups, I would assume, based on things that they've been showing us. Speaking of, and this is kind of a Ravens slash NFL news, it's kind of a nice transition into the overarching NFL news here. Sammy Watkins, a guy who just has all the tools but can't seem to stay healthy and just uh, – has been, I mean, for lack of a better word, a little bit of a tease with teams. He's got all the physical tools. He, you know, good college player, et cetera, just has not done a lot and bounced around to teams a, a bunch. Uh, he was a unrestricted free agent of the Ravens. He has signed a one-year deal with the Green Bay Packers, hopefully placating Aaron Rodgers there a little bit. Um, you can see here signed with Baltimore last year, was with the Chiefs. And then of course he, before that, he, um, he was with Buffalo. I mean, he's been a lot of different player, uh, a lot of different places. So, you know, and and it's just kind of like, wow, I mean, there's like either he stays just healthy enough or he shows just enough to kind of hang on. I mean, this was a guy Buffalo moved up for uh, years ago and really kind of hung their hat on him being a, a franchise wide receiver and just not has not come to fruition there. So um, you can see here. We'll, we'll see what happens in Green Bay, but Sammy Watkins is a one-year on a one-year deal with Green Bay after spending it with the Ravens last year. So he is now over to the NFC. Now, here's a couple of fun ones from both NFL.com and CBS Uh, They pulled some, I believe it's former players on this one. This is NFL.com and I'll I'll pin the link here so you can go kind of check out the whole, whole thing here, but which prospect might not be a first round pick, but should be see Willie McGinnis, of course, going with the, with the edge rusher, David Ojabo from uh, Michigan. And of course he gets a little overshadowed for a number of reasons because of Aiden Hutchinson, but Ojabo had the uh, you know the Achilles injury and it's just not you can't take the, the chance on that in round one. Um, you've got other other NFL uh, NFL network folks, be it former players or reporters. Um, Nick Benito, Oklahoma linebacker, John uh, John Mechie, the Alabama wide receiver. Uh, so check this one out. It's pretty interesting and a fun conversation for folks. And that, you know, obviously the reason why some of these players are day two is is either injury concerns, consistency concerns, sometimes, not saying those people that they mentioned there, but sometimes there are some character things that cause a first round talent to fall in the second round. Sometimes teams just do surprising things Like having, you know, T Higgins, I think by a a lot of regards was a guy that I I think most figured would go in the first round. He kind of basically was a first round pick being number 33 overall, but still surprising that he lasted that long. So at any rate, a lot of different stuff happening there. And um, yeah, so go check that one out. And then just some other quick news. The Niners, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is not uh, reported to. Uh, He's not going to report to the voluntary offseason program amid some issues with, you know, I think there's a shoulder injury. And then, of course, there's the whole trade situation. Is he going to stay there? Is Trey Lance going to be the guy this year? Are they going to let Jimmy start one more year? I don't you know, there's all kinds of stuff, but he is not starting uh, the voluntary offseason program is Jimmy Garoppolo. So he uh, don't expect him there. And oh, by the way, um, there's some more players in that same division and prominent ones. Kyler Murray and others of the Cardinals not showing up to Cardinals voluntary workouts. So that's something to make note of as well. And I I did get an email um, from some folks. And if you remember a few months back, we were privileged enough to be joined by Lee Steinberg, one of the iconic sports agents in uh, professional sports talked about a number of different things, but I I get some uh, various updates from him and his company. And, you know, one of the things, one of the topics in the email was that a number of high profile players that we're seeing here that I just mentioned, uh, aren't, uh, aren't planning to attend these, these workouts. And so that's something to keep monitoring going forward here. Uh, But yeah, some big names, especially in that NFC West that are not going to be attending workouts. So let's, Close it up with this one. This is a great one to close up with, I think. A Consensus 22 NFL mock draft, as we are just over a week away. This is on CBS Sports. I pinned this in the live chat as well. So hopefully you are able to get that. But they have compiled 12 different sources of mock drafts on CBS Sports here. And they have basically averaged out who the pick usually is. And you can see here, you know, they've got Aiden Hutchinson. That is kind of the consensus number one here. Where are we going for the Cincinnati Bengals, you ask? Pick 31. Let's unveil it. Who is it? Kyrie Elam. The corner out of Florida seems to be the consensus pick. And now they've used CBS, Mock Drafts, ESPN, and I believe maybe NFL.com uh, Mock Drafts. I, I don't. I, they've used a couple of different sources, not just their own CBS Sports ones, but they've kind of compiled it and averaged it out. And that is where... The average takes takes us here at pick thirty one for the Bengals, kair Elam, the corner out of Florida, and of course, as they average that out, they've had to you know take into account where you know who's available there as well, and then to close out the round, Nicobe the Dean um, there. So at any rate, interesting stuff. Go read that one too. Pin that in the live chat. A fun one there as they uh, kind of wrangle in a bunch of different mock drafts and whatnot on CBS Sports that's going to do it for us a little bit of a little bit more abbreviated version of the happening headline show. I'm Anthony Cazenza from cincyjungle.com and the orange and black insider bangles podcast. We're going to be back tomorrow with our usual show, John Sheeran and myself talking some bangles draft, all kinds of different things, a little bit more in depth and analysis instead of just covering the headlines and whatnot, like we do today, but hopefully you still enjoyed and this one and got well informed from this one. A lot we covered a lot of different stuff with the Bengals covering their visits and and all kinds of different headlines with them, some transaction moves in the AFC North and some different things around the NFL. Hopefully, you enjoyed it. You can get this show on your favorite audio streamer, iTunes Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all of the major ones we are there along with the other shows in the Cincy Jungle Podcast Network. You can also click that icon right in the corner there to Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Click the bell to be notified when we go live, when new content is available. And, of course, for all of your draft coverage, keep it to CincyJungle.com. We've got all the news, mock drafts, opinions, analysis, all kinds of stuff. There's an interesting one you're going to want to check out on CincyJungle.com. I think it's dropping either later today on Tuesday or tomorrow. It is a back-and-forth McShay, Todd McShay, Mel Kiper Jr., mock draft that has the Bengals going in some very interesting directions. They're not so popular ones, but check that one out along with all the other stuff we've got going on on the website. And we appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate your support of this program and the Cincy Jungle Podcast Network. We will see you tomorrow. We'll see you on all kinds of different videos and podcast episodes we'll be bringing you. Take care.